Welcome to Exit the Red Race, the podcast for high performance who want to enter the next level in business and in life with more focus, more energy, clarity, and freedom. We don't do dusty book wisdom or guru quotes. It's all about real, extraordinary experiences and the raw lessons from daily life. He asks you the questions that no one else does. Sometimes tough, sometimes in your face, but always with one goal, challenging you to live your most legendary life. Here's your host, Daniel Kluke. Exit the Red Race. No ego, we go. Wim Hof. In the many years now that I know Wim Hof, alias the Iceman, worked with him, taught mm, thousands of people all over the world around his method, he always is saying, eh, the powers in the tribe and no ego, we go. And it took me a while to not only hear the words, but integrate that lesson into my own life. Because if you live by the credo, no ego, we go, it will upgrade your personal life. It will upgrade your relationships. It will upgrade your professional and business life. And I had to learn the hard way in nature, always almost losing my life. And I want to take you back to, I think, 2014. And I'm in Poland, in the area with the giant mountains, beautiful nature. And I'm really, really nervous because this is my instructor's week, the Wim Hof Method Instructor's Week. And probably everyone wants to do right, right? And we knew in that time, because in that time, Wim was directly teaching new Wim Hof Method instructors. There were just small groups. He wasn't that well known yet. Uh, not all the famous podcasts. And we knew that at the end of the week, we had to climb Schneska, a really a, an enormous mountain with extreme conditions, wearing only shorts, no shirt, and we know it would be a tough cookie. But on the middle of the week, and I remember it as yesterday, Wim is saying, let's go out. The sun is shining outside. And I said, Wim, what are we going to do? I said, yeah, we're going to climb a mountain, a, a trial mountain, he calls it. <laughs> so, okay, what do we need, Wim? You don't need anything, just a shirt in your backpack, and that's it. Do I need to bring food? No, 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 you don't need food. It's just a small walk. I'm like, okay, small walk. So I get a sweater, wear my shorts, my shoes, I'm bare-chested, and I'm standing in front of the hotel in a small town in Poland, ready to do a small hike. At least I thought so. What is the definition of a small hike? <laughs> I've learned with him, you always have to ask sir, for some specific things. But we're starting to walk from the hotel. Sun is shining. Everybody is in a good spirit. And we're with a group of 35-ish people. Uh, Wim is leading the pack. No one else there. 
Yeah, just us in this small town. And we're going up, and it starts easy. The sun, it's nature. We already trained for two, three days. It's the third day, I think. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what brings this. And with the good spirit uh, and uh, the fun we have, everything is fine. But when elevation sets in with this climb, that sunny weather is first s- slightly start to change. Starts to become a little bit more chilly. Wind is setting in. It starts to become more gray. And I like, hey, it's a short walk. There is snow, and we're plowing through the snow, but it's okayish. But it starts to snow now. And you can imagine walking in the middle of nowhere, no cell reach. Snow on your skin with such a beautiful group of people. I felt strong. But snow is getting more intense. And with every meter elevation, it starts to become more snowy, more cold, more darker, more wind. And I'm walking. And I'm walking, still in good spirit, but the higher we come, the level of snow that you have to get through is getting more thicker, more intense. And I, to be honest, I don't have that much mountain experience in this time. So I'm walking, and man, this starts to get tough. It really starts to get tough. And at a certain point, Wim says, we're almost there. I'm like, okay, yes, almost there. But almost is taking a long time right now. And then, out of nowhere, in the, far, the farthest far, <laughs> in, in, a, in a far distance, I'm seeing the house on top of the mountain, but still a long way to go. And the snow that started nice and comfortable is now around my knee height. Every step I take, it's so tough. And every step, it's being alternated between laughing, <laughs> I'm almost there, and crying. <laughs> oh, man, how, how can I make this happen? So we're going up, step by step, laughing, <laughs> crying. <laughs> and it goes on and on. And on. And then we're on top of the mountain. There's a blizzard. There is snow. There is wind gushing. But we've made it. We feel so strong. Let's make a group picture. And if you would go to Amazon and you type in The Ice Apprentice by Hannah, and I forgot her last name, On the cover of this book, you see me wearing my dark glasses, bare-chested, with Wim and then a group of people. But no ego, we go. The lesson I had to learn. Because we were all there on top. And some people really 
their body temperature dropped to a lower point, so they d- didn't feel well. But a lot of us, and when you're walking in those conditions and you all also reach the top, you feel high, high on life, high on hormones rushing through your body. You feel invincible. So what happened was we all started to get scattered on top of this mountain. Early days, people, we had to learn lessons. So we are all getting scattered. Some people go into some of the houses to find shelter. Some people are taking care of other people. And a lot of people, they just want to go down again with no shirts, bare-chested again, and like, yeah, hey, I can do this. We can do this. Let's do it. What happened? Our egos. Until top of the mountain, we walked as one tribe, as one family, as one unity, taking care of each other. But because our eh, that feeling of celebration, hormones rushing through the body, we feel like we feel invincible. So I remember the moment that me and a lot of other instructors said, like, Wim, uh, can we go down? And Wim is an amazing inspirator. Um, but at that moment, he just made the choice, like, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> we just, or maybe it wasn't fine and I forgot completely. But like we made the conclusion, let's go down. Uh, I take full responsibility for everything that happened. So me there in my shorts, wearing my sunglasses, in this blizzard. What I see around me is people are running down the mountain, literally running. And when going up, step by step. Now some people are running down but not as a tribe, not as a group, all independently, because our egos, so big, like (laughs) we were on top of the world, right? And I go down too. And I go down with one of the others, two were soon to be instructors, Dowie, amazing guy. And we start to run. We start to run just with the two of us can't see the other instructors in the distance anymore. I've left the top of the mountain and I'm running and I'm running and I'm running with my giant ego. Because, hey, I'm invincible, right? But at a certain point, my cardiovascular (laughs) conditioning is demanding me to slow down for a while and really, let's say, stop and catch my breath. And then it happened. You know, I spoke about those sunglasses. They were dark sunglasses. But they were not the fancy one with the the glass that is changing depending on the light. But something strange is happening now. I've slowed down. I'm walking. The blizzard went on my skin. And it starts to get darker. Darker and darker. It really starts to become dark before my eyes. And then my inner dialogue kicks in. What if something is wrong? What if something is wrong? What will you do? So my phone, I check it. No reach here in this mountains. So I said to Dowie, it's not going... I need assistance. I need help. Something is wrong. It's starting to get darker before my eyes. 
didn't know what to do. Really, I'm getting into a panic right now. Ah, what if I would die here on this mountain? Gladly, Nauwe is there to save the day. And he starts to do with me movement, a little bit like the New Zealanders are doing, the rugby team, the Hakas. Really grounding exercises to get back into my body, to check in again, because at the moment, I'm checking out. I'm checking out of life. And that's really, by the way, what happens when your body temperature starts to drop. You just start to check out. To be honest, if I need to die <laughs> in circumstances, dying that way isn't the worst way because you're really, in a way, starting to a calm sensation. and Everything checks out. But he's there to save the day with me. So we're doing those hakas. And it's going a little bit... I'm. It's going a little bit better. I'm checking in a little bit. So then two other instructors are coming. And by the way, we were all Dutch because at that time there were only Dutch people attending the instructor's course. And they say, hey, do you need like a syrup wafer? It's a, it's a cookie that we have in the Netherlands. And I like, I, I, to be honest, I never ate one of those in my life. And I normally I wouldn't take it's not my 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 cookie kind of stuff but said yeah please give it to me give it to me and i'm eating it and i remember in my backpack there is half a piece of dried sausage so i grab that and i start to eat that and with the sugars and the fats and the calories i'm checking more and more in another two instructors are coming hey daniel do you want a cigar? And I don't smoke. But at, in this moment, something inside of me is saying, take that cigar. Take that smoke. And it's warm. I, probably not, but at that time, my inner dialogue said, okay, so I take that cigar and it's, it's getting better. And I make it back to the hotel. So... No ego, we go. If you would now join me or if you would attend at the Wim Hof Method Academy, I'm so focused on going up the mountains or even walking back to the hotel as one tribe. Because I had to learn the hard way that with my ego alone i wouldn't have survived i needed my tribe i needed support and what i have also learned in nature with your tribe it was in my case a lifeline but with your tribe you're also much stronger stronger in your performance because training people in those extreme conditions but also in other courses, is that the simplest example I always give, like if you would fly to Norway or Iceland and join one of my courses, or Poland, and you go into the cold on day one, in nature, with snowy river banks, one slash two minutes for most people, is a real challenge. Two p maximum two minutes. We always say 
maximum of two minutes by yourself. And you can do that and you feel great afterwards. But if I would, let's say, push that first day for most people to five minutes, they wouldn't have a great experience. But with your tribe, when you can, let's say, uh, let's uh, let go of your ego and you choose to go for we go, you're, let's say, seven times stronger. Because on day two, in those events, so they, they only have like cold exposure on day one, we go to day two, I ask them to go in as a group, as a tribe. And you can imagine if you have a group of 15, maybe 20-ish people, and they go into the cold water and they need to make a circle, that takes time. That literally takes time. And I've timed it just to have a little bit of a gauge to see if you let go of your ego and you choose to go for we go as a tribe. Instead of that one minute slash two minutes struggling as a tribe, being into the cold, you can do it for seven minutes at least. So seven times stronger, six, seven times stronger, doesn't really matter. But when you're with your tribe, you can do so much more. So could you imagine if you, let's say, take those lessons that I've learned in hard nature and you copy-paste this into your everyday life and your relationship. Most people in their, let's say, romantic relationship, a lot of us feel alone. I'm not saying I'm doing right now, but I had moments in past relationships that I felt alone in my relationship. Maybe you feel now alone in your relationship. Could you imagine if you would start to, let's say, explore your own ego and you decide to go for we go, you're a team. What is it that if you can, let's say, increase your performance by six, seven times in the cold, how can you increase your performance or in your relationship by six, seven times? And I'm not meaning the sexual side in this case. I'm really meaning like, how can you grow as a team? And also in business, instead of focusing only on you, if you would chose them, the tribe, and not going for your own ego, but for the we go, what could you accomplish with your business? And I know, of course, that it sounds simple, right? Like, hey, Daniel, I've learned those lessons in cold nature, but I, I run a business or I run a project team. And it's really hard to, let's say, do people what I want to do so that we can go to that next level. But that's still, the starting point here is the ego point. Like, we should do this from your, let's say, reality. And one thing is important to realize, it's your reality, it's your truth. So if you interact with other people in your relationship, in business, then you first need to acknowledge that we all have unique 
realities and perceptions of things. And if you want to, let's say, push through your own reality, your own perception, that's the ego side still. But how can you change that then? And that's to become interested in the perceptions and unique internal realities of others, of your project team. In my old life, I worked as a project manager. And if you ever have some experience with project management, you always have those different stakeholders. And in my case, it was the business side and the IT side. And on the IT side, the tech people always say, this is possible. And if you asked for the time, it's like, for example, a week. Most of the times it happened that it would take instead of a week, two, three weeks. And everything was well, that was possible, maybe 50% was possible. And that's not wrong intentions. It was just the way as it was. And on the other side, you had the business side with all the demands, the requests. And I remember one project. It was already failed three times by different project managers. So they asked me to come, hey, can you do this project? And I was still a young kid at that time with a lot of enthusiasm for things. But I did something that comes back here to the no ego, we go principle. Because what I did, I got all those different stakeholders, like they wanted to do a meeting with all of them together. I said, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, but we always do it like that. And I said, no, we're going to do it different this time. What I want to do is I want to have a conversation with each of you. Why? to transition from no ego to we go and to the tribe and utilizing the power of a tribe and connection and working together to a common goal, I had first to find out by using high quality communication and asking questions what, <coughs> excuse me, what those things were that they were sharing with each other but didn't know at that time that they were sharing. So what was the common thing, the common thing that they all want to accomplish together? Maybe in their own language, maybe getting there with different questions. But if you, could you imagine if you were to want to transition from ego, you should do this and this is how we're going to do it, to really that tribe feeling and people will go to the fire through you, that you need to find the common ground with people. And I did. I So I spoke to each of those stakeholders, project members, and find out their commonalities. And then I brought them together. And I shared the commonalities in line, of course, with the goal and the project plan. And then I started to ask questions again. Instead of, let's say, placing my own perception, my own reality on them, I was interested in them. So that, that demands from you as a business owner, but also as a partner, as a father, as a mother, as whatever kind of role you're in, because I'm now talking about a project, but it's working, let's say, with every 
person you're interacting with, your father, your mother, friends, brother, sister, what drives them? What is their perception? What is their inner world? And if you want to focus on not your ego, but focus on the we go and building that tribe, then it's really important to find what drives them. And of course, you always have a choice. Some things we say when we teach, or when I when I teach NLP, neurolinguistic programming, it's personal development. One of the presuppositions is that you always have a choice, and then people say, "No, oh, you know, no, you don't have a choice." And for example, you need to work. But what if you don't need to work? You choose to work. Yeah, but if you don't work, you don't have you don't you have to live on the street. Yeah, that's true. But it's still a choice. And not to be uh, nagging you, but you have a choice. And when it comes to your tribe, your current tribe will reflect your future. If you, for example, hang out with a lot of people that are obese, for example. Just giving one example. Or people that, let's say you, uh, you want to get lean, but you hang out with obese people that are eating too much high-calorie food. Those people, I'm not having any judgment about being obese or whatever, but the people you hang out with, your tribe is influencing you. So do you need to expand your tribe then with people that are into health, for example? When I switched my business life and moving into personal development, leadership, and communication, I've, to be honest, I've lost friends. But did I really lost them or did I make consciously or unconsciously decisions to create a tribe of people around me that are passionate about the same things that, as me. Some of, the, some of them are further down the road. I had the honor also to work with millionaires and billionaires, and to be honest, what, did, uh, what that allowed me to do, letting them into my tribe, they changed my perception and my beliefs around finances. What I hear a lot of millionaires say is making money is easy. I'm not saying money is the end goal. But could you imagine that if you hang out with people that saying making money is easy and they're becoming part of your tribe and you interact with them a lot, you choose to hang out with those people. You choose to find them. What an influence that will have on your future nearby future, your long-term future. If you, let's say, want to make a transition from being in the corporate world to being an entrepreneur, but all your friends, all your family, they are now also in the corporate world, then what I know when I made that first switch myself is then people said to me, yeah, I, I hope you don't change, Daniel when I started out into <laughs> in this change, like they said, yeah, but you had such a great job. You made such a great income. And they mean well, that tribe at that time, 
but by saying please don't change they're also holding or they were holding me back and the interesting thing is when it works out and i remember a story with my with my grandfather he said yeah but you had such a great income are you gonna uh, apply for a new job now no 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 i'm starting as an entrepreneur oh oh, oh. and then five years down the line and you're making income and, and you, you, they see success and they say yeah i already thought it was the best choice for you <laughs> so it is an interesting thing to just to explore for yourself and i'm it's never a judgment about people never it's about awareness and how our people are influencing you and that you have a choice. So if you would say, scan your current environment, the people, and, and sometimes they say the five people you hang out with the most, they'll, let's say, predict your future. They, in a way, are uh, yeah, a prediction of how your future will look like. Let's take that principle. You are the five people you hang out with the most. And what are your passions? What are your dreams? And you look at your tribe. Those five people are your mini tribe. You have all kinds of tribes. And but this, like when it comes to your dreams, your passion, the people, the five people you hang out with the most, are they really, let's say, in line with your passion, your dreams? your legendary life. And that is my question for you. So can you let go of your personal ego, your personal reality, your personal reception, how things should be? You start to explore the tribe around you. Is this the tribe you need to hang out with? And you have always a choice. And then you start to become really curious, interested, in their perception, their reality. How will change? How will that change your life to that legendary life you're looking for? And I know you can do it. Good luck. Thank you for joining us. If you don't want to miss an episode of Exit the Red Race, make sure to subscribe. Are you listening through Apple Podcasts? We'd love you to leave a review. Do you know someone who really should hear this episode? Share it in your favorite social media so you can tag them. Oh, and don't forget to tag Daniel as well. Want to know more about Daniel Kluke? Check out his website at danielkluke.com. Are you ready to live your legend? See you next time. Exit the rat race.